my wife and I celebrated an anniversary at Taco Bell. Which That's one? Roll. Several? <laughs> <laughs> just, just one. Man, you are you are a king. You live at large. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to treat your women right. <laughs> Taco Bell. Oh. I think we sprung for the Mexican pizza, so <laughs> it was a special event. It was. You guys got to share something the following morning, I imagine, too. Or later than in the evening. It doesn't it doesn't take that long. <laughs> to work its way through. Oh god. When you eat Taco Bell, you're on the clock. <laughs> it must be really the thing, it's fast food, but you need foresight when you plan a Taco Bell outing. And yet you do it. Well, I don't do it very often. No. But just on special occasions like birthdays and anniversaries. <laughs> All right, get us in there. Let's go. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in a category on Kickstarter and each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Chris Rump and Brian Dupuis, and this week we're talking about what we backed in the design category. Yo, Brian. <laughs> hey, buddy. This was a good category. Man. I'm excited to get around to it. This was a powerful category. Yeah, I showed you right before we started recording the Story Supply Company. That's good design. It is good design. I got my uh, story, supply, so story Supply memo books in. I'm super excited about these, brother. Wait, were those co- uh, Kickstarter campaigns? Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't so, realize that. I thought you just went to the store and bought them. Uh, well, no, these weren't. No, 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 no. I did go to their store and buy them, but they yeah. were... The edition that I got was uh, the Story Supply 407s. They're like a limited edition release they did. Mm. And the 407 was to celebrate the 407 backers from the original Kickstarter project that brought the product to life. I see. So, you know, I think I mentioned before I like to use the field notes. Yes. And um, they're great, but it's like a little three and a half inch by five and a half inch memo book. Fits great in your pocket. Um, But the kind of downside to field notes is the paper quality Hmm. is a little bit thin especially if you're using fountain pens you get a lot of bleed through oh no so the story so yeah you can't have that dude so the story supply the paperweight is i think it's 70 pound paper so it's a little bit thicker it's just looking here it's either 70 or 80 pound but it's a little bit thicker than um the field notes so i was going to give it a shot nice and i haven't used them before and i just so far, I've been playing around with them tonight, and I think they're super duper. Well, they're a gorgeous royal purple shade for the cover. So yeah, it's kind of like a burgundy. It's a nice linen color. This, um, like I said, this limited edition run, and then they have a standard book too that has a um, just more like a standard paper cover, like you'd find on your field notes. That's nice. So yeah, man, they're I'm I'm loving them so far. Awesome. I don't think I'm going to break up with field notes totally, but. <laughs> I don't know if they make flimsy paper that doesn't work with your fussy fountain pens, then damn it, you got to get something that will work. I know. You know, after I ordered them, they sent me a um, coupon code, like a link, an affiliate link. Right. So that people could, yeah, so people can get a a discount on their first purchase if you've never ordered from Story Supply before. And it's a pretty decent discount, a 40% discount. Nice. So might as well include it. Not a sponsor or anything, but um, not know. like AeroPress. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not like a repress. So yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Why not? <laughs> okay. Uh, to give you a chance to pick them up. You, hey, Brian, you can use it too. Get forty percent off I your could. first purchase. Good yeah. until because you gave me that fountain pen, and now I find myself wanting for a quality notepad to write in. Yeah, and they're cool too because they do this neat thing where they're another socially responsible company, and every purchase you make is equivalent to giving a donation to a kid, uh, like at risk or. Uh, children in need sort of thing to give them opportunities to tell their stories. So they give story packs to, to kids for every purchase you make. Cool. So kind of like that as well. Yeah. So story supply, check them out. Sweet dude. So we have to give a shout out to a fellow podcaster, Mike McCauley, who pointed out something after knowing that we favor our official, not official sponsor, they're not a sponsor, but AeroPress. Um, what did he find for us, Chris? Yeah, about 45 minutes prior to us getting on the horn here. Yeah, friend of the show, Mike McCauley, like you mentioned, pointed out this AeroPress movie, a documentary <laughs> that's happening. It's being kickstarted. There's nine days to go. They're only $2,000 short of their goal. Um, mm. So, yeah, he, he kind of put that on our radar. I <laughs> Knowing tell our you, man, love. I saw it. I saw the very initial uh, video that they had put out. Did you watch it? I looked I looked at it, about half okay. of it, and man, it is some good coffee porn. Oh. Just right at the beginning, watching mm-hmm. the coffee be pushed out of the AeroPress, mm-hmm. and I, I got the dopamine hit. I was is just it like, like an in. ASMR type of thing? Yeah, I think you could just put that on repeat. Um <laughs> And I suppose that this documentary is going to explore that entire story about how a guy that was in the novelty flying ring market created (laughs) a piece of coffee brewing equipment that's now recognized by coffee enthusiasts around the world. Yeah. Okay. I I literally thought it was just coffee porn, like 45 minutes of just people making (laughs) coffee or covering the AeroPress World Championships or something like that. You know, where I think that's a part of it. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, there's, I guess there's fussy people with, with everything in life and AeroPress is no exception, right? They measure it down to the grain. They have to have artisanal spring water from the mountains of Chile or something like that. And, uh, a certain extraction time and a certain Ooh, yeah. exact water temperature and stirring or not stirring. And I just put the grounds in there and put hot water in and squish it. I like <laughs> good the, enough. I like the certain tea ceremony of making my coffee in the morning, I do grinding too. the beans and everything, but I just can't see going to those. And, and I have in the past even measured out my coffee in the mornings you have. to make sure it's like a certain 17 grams or whatever that I was putting there. That's pretty fussy. It is. And I admit, whenever I'm grabbing my beans and tossing them in the grinder, if it doesn't look quite the right level, I'll pick up like two or three more. And t- so, okay, I'm maybe I'm a little more fussy than I want to admit to, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, but Mike. I, I'll have to look yeah. at this uh, trailer. I don't yeah. think I'm going to back an AeroPress movie. I'm just not. I don't. I'm not going to back it either, but I will watch it if it happens. Okay. That seems yeah. fair. Cool. So design. Man, what a category. 582 <laughs> active design projects. And of them, I would say probably 20% are watches. 
maybe 10% are some sort of fussy coffee extraction mechanism wallets. <laughs> and then, of course, there had to be a few enamel pins. I don't think we're going to... Okay, here's the challenge. Will we find a category that doesn't have any enamel pins? I, I don't think, think our so. challenge is if we find a category that doesn't, then we must... Create one. Start one ourselves. Right. Yeah, you're right. Fill that void. A backer's pin. <laughs> With the logo <laughs> exciting on exciting to see I think what, we should what do category it. is missing that pin and then to mm. spin it our way so that we can put it in there. I think I'm we into can it. do it. Yeah, I think we can do it. So All did right. you find any... Uh, <laughs> well, I think one thing I had in question was, yeah. so you mentioned around 580. When I looked earlier this week, when I was looking in earnest at least, there were 582 active design projects, which is right. a daunting number. I was wondering what kind of strategy you employed when <laughs> even just trying to wrap your head around that to develop an approach and how you were going to tackle this category. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good question. And um I think we probably both did about the same thing at first, which was I sorted all of them by end date, just in case there was the perfect one that was going to end in five minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> and I should jump in and back it before it disappeared. Um, and actually there was one, uh, I want to say it was like a, a wallet of some kind that I saw that, that of actually course it was a wallet. It was. Yeah. It tickled something, uh, appropriate and i was like oh well maybe and so i opened the tab for it but i let it expire without going any further but uh you said you had a an actual working strategy for this i'll i'll talk more about mine but i think yours sounds more elaborate yeah so when i first hit this i looked at that number and thought okay this is like i said really daunting it's kind of like when you walk into ikea and you get that overwhelm (laughs) It's oh, like yeah. there, there looks like all this beautifully designed stuff all around you, and you just know that you're going to be in for a full day of the IKEA experience and overwhelm. So, um, yeah, so I clicked into the design category, and you get the default sorted by magic, wh- yep. whatever that means. And I actually did finally tickle that curiosity, and I was like, what in the world does sorted <laughs> by magic mean? And yeah. all that really means... And I found it on their Introducing Advanced Search webpage, deep Mm -hmm. in the bowels of Kickstarter's blog. It means that magic shows you what's bubbling up right now across categories and subcategories. That's not really that helpful. But so when you click to any category, you get sorted by magic first. And then like you, I did the same thing. I sorted by end date. Because, again, I I too was concerned. Man, if something's going to fall off the map right away and I want to be a part of that, and get in on the challenge, satisfy the challenge. Let, let's do that first. But I only looked at the first page or two of the sorted by end. Didn't see anything immediately. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, I need a strategy. So what I did I'm was... so excited. This should be interesting. <laughs> well, my strategy was simply to pull the advanced search and say, show me live projects in design category from the United States with greater than or equal to 100% of their raised goal and then sorted uh, by popularity, I think. Okay. So I tried to limit the scope, you know, down to just the U.S. And then I was just looking at successful ones to try and figure out if other people have already, right, kind of relying on the Kickstarter sure. community they've, to vet projects. Sure, it for you. Yep, then I was going to start there. And that search criteria got me down to 85 projects. 
And then if I toggled the raised amount back to 75 to 100%, that got me an additional 17 more. So mm. that was a much more manageable number, right around 100 instead of 600. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yep. That's an interesting strategy. Although you are limiting yourself considerably. I mean, you've got 500 of them that are gone. There's one in there that might be super compelling that just hasn't gotten the support yet because it's too new. So, or something from say Canada or something. Why, why do you hate (laughs) everything outside of the U S Chris? Is this Um, your latent racism poking through? What I thought was that sometimes when you get in, yeah, nationalism, not racism. Sometimes (laughs) when you get involved with, um, overseas projects, just the shipping time, the fulfillment oh is a lot longer. Yeah. And sometimes you really get hammered on uh, shipping costs. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. So I found one that uh, I was actually going to pull the trigger on. Uh, I don't think when it was all said and done, it ended up in any of even my mentionable ones. But the shipping was $30 US for a little bitty item. And, the, you know, the, the campaign itself was only like $45. So I was like, I'm not going to spend 80 bucks to get this thing. Right. So, yeah, you, you speak truth there. Yeah. So that was the approach I took. But I will say, like you mentioned, um, I think when I looked at your mentionables hmm. for your kind of finalist picks down here, a lot of those I didn't even see hit my radar. So yep. maybe I did myself a disservice with the approach I took. Hmm. So I actually put eyes on every one of them. Oh my goodness. I did. And I forget how I sorted them, but I'm, I, I believe I sorted by newest and just went back in time until I hit the ones that were already done. Uh, so I saw all of them and basically it was almost like, you know how you're looking at an ant mound outside and you kind of fuzz your eyes so that you can see all the movement instead of the individual details. I almost kind of did that. I'm scrolling through and I'm, my initial one was just things that immediately hit me right. And I would pop a, a new tab open with that and just keep scrolling. And that was how I went through. I must have gone through the, the things probably three or four times though in various orders just to try to see if anything, another, a fresh look kind of made it jump back on it and it did on a, on a couple of occasions. So, but I admit that most of the things that ended up on my mentionable list were from right off the bat. Whenever I saw them the first time, nothing really on any revisits. I didn't really pull anything up that, that were, was new, but yeah, it took a while <laughs> to go through <laughs> that many of them, even just, you know, kind of haphazardly, not giving a whole lot of attention to each one. You still got to scroll a whole lot to get through 600. Yeah. It's, it's deep. So what kinds of things caught your eye in, <laughs> in so not much. necessarily positive ways, but you know, just, uh, you found a few things that were interesting. I think I saw the ostrich pillow loop. <laughs> Did you get, oh you get a chance to see that? Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, what kind of, picture would you paint for our listeners on this it really looks like a cross between a torture device <laughs> and a uh <laughs> a fetish item yes that, that's really what it looks like yeah 
It looks like you could pick this up at your favorite store where you get your chains and whips and leather straps. (laughs) If you were to wear it in the manner in which it's meant to be worn, in the audience in which it's meant to be worn, I think you'd get thrown off the plane. To be honest, (laughs) they would think something's weird going on. So this is a eye pillow, (laughs) ostrich pillow loop, and Mm -hmm. they did a... It was successful, right? A successful Kickstarter project yeah. for a ostrich pillow, uh, which was basically a cross between a sleeping bag and a pillow. You just <laughs> jam your whole head and arms in. And I don't even know how to explain that. This one picture of this girl sitting <laughs> there in the lotus pose here. She's with doing, this doing thing her on her head. She's totally zen. <laughs> to me, it's it looks really good. Like, I was looking at it, and I was getting palpitations remembering, like, the Metallica 1 video. (laughs) (laughs) Or just, like, the end of the English patient. Or just, it it Uh really does look pretty horrific. So, you have to, listeners, you have to picture, like, ordinary eye covers for sleep, you know, just kind of go across your eyes and go around the back of your head. This is a double loop in Mm. an X pattern over the eyes and back around the back of the head. And it really looks like a gimp mask. That's the best. (laughs) Uh, It's just the video, too. I don't know if you watched it. I did not. But the the video pictures are good enough. Yeah, the sincerity with which video comes across, it almost sounds like a piece from The Onion. (laughs) Like, like just telling you, you can. You can drop it down and wear it as a scarf. A scarf? I'm looking yeah, at you the just, guy right now. Right, yeah, you can carry it in style. <laughs> From the times that you don't have it wrapped around your face, just drop it on Ooh. your neck, and that guy looks super suave just walking through the city streets. Yeah. Ooh, and it's soft. It's feather light. How did they come up with the name Ostrich Pillow? What does it have to do with ostrich? I don't see anything. I think it's from the like original it's... Kickstarter, the Ostrich Pillow, oh. where you have like the ostrich with its head in the... Oh, whatever. I thought they were making the dirt, it out of the... ostrich feathers or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they have a marketing problem. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a quality one. So, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um gosh, some other notable ones, the the shotgun shell where you can shotgun your beer like a pro. <laughs> I, I thought was that's like, the oh, one my... that you had. Yeah, it was yeah. like Jiminy Cricket, the frat brothers have found Kickstarter. Mhm. Yeah. I don't know. You've shotgunned a beer before, I assume, in your youth. Yeah. No. Probably. I probably. Tr- Tell yeah. you what. Next time we go out and meet the <laughs> That's boys, what we're doing. Yeah, we're gonna shotgun some beers just just to live it. It doesn't. Oh, it, oh, I I get what you're talking about. Yeah, Rebecca and I do this like every night. <laughs> we just we put the kid to bed yeah? and sit around and shotgun uh-huh. a few beers and then go to sleep. Okay. Yeah. As yeah. As young middle-aged couples with children do, yeah, Netflix yeah. and chill and shotgun and shell. <laughs> That's how we do it. But it's not a pastime that, to me, feels like it requires apparatus, <laughs> an accessory. No, <laughs> you turn your beer upside down. I use a key, as I think most normal non-farmers do, and cut a hole in it, and you off you go. But hey, more power to them. Is it backed? Do I think you know? I'm most depressed. Yeah, that fi- uh, 500 plus people have backed this to the tune wow. of $16,000. And it's 
See what I know? I know fully nothing. backed. I think they just backed the novelty of it. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there's a stretch goal for some roofies. <laughs> hey, you found a coffee maker, didn't you? Yeah, a fancy one. There, I was thinking there were a bunch of them. The, the fancy one. Oh, the cold brew one. Uh huh. Yeah, there was um one that came across the 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 line when I was looking at it too, and I just thought, what am I missing here? It was the cold brew on tap, unique cold brew coffee maker, and I really mm-hmm. didn't see what was so unique about it. I mean, this is a, to me, this is a standard one gallon mason jar with a spigot on it. And you can pick these up at Walmart for fifteen dollars. Um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can't remember what they were selling them for on Kickstarter or what the uh, reward level was. I think it was about four times that. And I guess their innovation was that they had... It is. It's $39. Yeah. They had made a stainless steel brew basket that you can slip in there so you can fill your coffee grinds inside of that, have the coffee grinds seeping in cold water, and just put the gallon mason jar in your refrigerator. In your fridge. Yeah. But still, that whole thing where I see those jars all the time you can use them for lemonade i mean they're 15 dollars at walmart and i guess that just doesn't matter to most people because they've closed with over fifty thousand dollars in pledges on a ten thousand dollar coal oh man so i mean yeah they did kudos to them i guess it just didn't really wow me but man i'm looking at that coffee people just go crazy for new coffee gadgets you kind (laughs) of yeah i think it's too late it is Tell you what, just go oh, down to Walmart, buy your one gallon jar, <laughs> grab you a sock a and fill it full Chris? of coffee, and just throw the sock in there. <laughs> yeah, the poor man's cold brew. Well, are we ready to talk about our our actual uh, picks? I think so. Should we take you... turns because there's so damn many of them? <sighs> Let's take turns because there are a lot. Got six, and I've got four. Yeah, I was just like noting ones down that I came across and thought were neat. Yeah. Um, All right, give me a start. I'll start. The first one I found was the $1 minimalist wallet. And the only thing that really caught me about that was it was $1. (laughs) What is it? Is it duct tape? (laughs) It's pretty close to duct tape. Yeah, it's just a very (laughs) slim... I don't even know what the material is. Maybe it's like a nylon sleeve that wraps around... Probably four to upwards of eight. I'm just pulling these oh, numbers yeah. off of my head. Um, but up cards, you just kind of, yeah, up to 10 cards, you just kind of stick in there. And a pledge for $1 will get you one wallet. And I think uh, it's about $3 for shipping. So the total cost will be about $4 if you, if you back that. But I was just wow. thinking that we would kind of hang that out there and say, if you've never backed anything on Kickstarter, then you're Ooh, not you're okay. not likely to find a better Kickstarter deal than a one dollar wallet, the minimalist wallet. Yeah, the first one that I found mentionable that uh, is backed um, is the Nix C, an exclusive vintage tube clock with modern technology. Uh, and so this was a it's actually pretty. Um, it's a block of wood, an attractive block of wood. Looks roughly like six by two by two. And on top of it, it's got vacuum tubes coming out, four of them. But within the vacuum tubes are, I assume, little LEDs that show the time. And I, I just found it kind of a cool... I, I play guitar, or at least 
I have played guitar in the past. And so I've always had kind of this, mm-hmm. uh, enjoyment of vacuum tubes and, you know, 12 AX7 preamps and all that good stuff. Ooh. And talk dirty. So Brian. this thing kind of, oh yeah, this thing kind of tickled that place in me. And, and I came really close to backing this one. Two things kind of put me off of it. Uh, number one, it would cost, 179 pounds or 235 bucks to do it. That was one. And number two, uh, I didn't, I, I realize this might sound silly, but it's not UL listed. I'm a little afraid that it'll burn my house down. Ooh. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is a, an engineer. He's, I think he's either an engineering student. Yeah. He's a mechanical, mechanical engineering student. And so my fear is that, it hasn't been adequately tested and will burn down my house. <laughs> but I think it's really pretty. It really is. Um, like you said, I think any guitar player would see this and immediately get all the right neurons firing. Mm-hmm. Get the little little hair standing up at the back of their neck going, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that was mine. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, taking turns here. I also saw the weightless sitting, the zero gravity upright posture cushion by Good Monday. Mm. And I mean, the thing that caught my attention about this was like, if you're someone that has ever had to deal with back pain and Mm. I'm one of those people that have, I mean, you just become open to all sorts of ideas about how you might be able to remediate (laughs) that pain. I mean, and you get willingness to just toss money at all sorts of gizmos Mm -hmm. and gadgets, books, therapy, chiropractic, etc., just to try and get some relief. So seeing something that was that. promising or has the, the promise of trying to cure back pain, I was like, okay, I just got to take a look at this. And yeah. they've done wildly well. I mean, I think that, like I was just saying, this speaks to that kind of desire for people to, to relieve themselves of pain almost at any cost. And they've had over 3,000 backers have raised well over $280,000 on only a $10,000 goal. And I mean, this thing has kind of gone viral in certain circles has even ended up on the front page of Mashable. So it's been a pretty big deal. And the big thing I thought, and the reason I didn't back this was, you know, even given all that, and I think the, the MSRP that they're shooting for when this actually comes to market is around $100, $99. And to, to back it now is probably $70 ish. Right. So I just felt like that's not a big enough difference that I'm willing Mm -hmm. to pay a hundred dollars for a chance to eventually try it in a store and verify it myself rather than buying this sight unseen and being stuck with something that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, it doesn't work. And even if it's just a slight discount, because, you know, if this really is going to deliver its promise, like I was saying, I mean, you become willing to pay anything. I would pay twice that to be able to sit in a chair all day and have, have no ill effects. Yeah. So that's just kind of where I ended up on that. But I really hope, sure. I mean, I am, I'm very hopeful that this product is everything they say it is and that it has great success and comes to retail market and maybe I'll get a chance to see one and try it one day. No, I feel bad because I, I don't want your back to hurt. <laughs> Did you see the other one? There was another one that was a posture product, but it almost looked like a, 
a punitive posture product. It had <laughs> it was shaped put a like nail a nail in your chair back. It was a yeah, it was a flat thing, and it had all of these pokey things on it. I'm like, is it? I didn't look at it. It it was one of those things that went past. But I was like, I really think this is a a, a punishment for sitting wrong. I think that's what it is. It's like putting a nail behind your back so that you never lean back, right? <laughs> oh, it'll work, but it sounds like a hell of a way to live. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, my next one, Chris actually saw it before I did, and he mentioned it to me before I saw it just in passing. And I actually almost pulled the trigger. I had I had clicked back it. I Ooh. was filling in my information, and then I slowed down. And I thought about it again, and I was like, no. So, this is <laughs> a fussy coffee-making system, uh, the Leverpresso All-in-One Portable Lever Espresso Maker. It is a small, roughly 8-inch vertically and maybe inch and a half around manual espresso press. And it's it's it's... Looks really impressive. It looks like it probably gets the job done. I think Chris has some reservations about delivering an adequately <laughs> pressurized cup of espresso because it says it is able to produce nine bars of pressure. And Chris scoffed at that, called it measly and underpowered as ordinary expensive ones produce, what, 19 bars of pressure or something I like that? I think it ranges. And I think on further looking into it, I think a nine bar... Espresso pressure will get you an espresso. I I, I think it has. Gosh, I, I'm going to talk out my behind right now, but <laughs> I think it <laughs> has to do doing. with the, exactly the the pressure that gives you the crema in an espresso. Uh, I so that's saw why when people will talk about video. oh, Aeropress makes a good espresso, like no, it doesn't. An Aeropress no. makes a coffee, a, a nice strong coffee if you so desire, yeah. but it makes a great cup of coffee. But it doesn't have right. the adequate pressure to give you like a true espresso crema. But the main reason I didn't back it is number one, again, the price. Uh, with shipping, I think it would have been like 85 bucks, uh, for yet another coffee making thing where I have the AeroPress at work. I have my coffee maker at home. I have an espresso machine at home. What do I need with a little portable espresso maker? And knowing my past experience with a Kickstarter, on coffee things, I figure I'm I'm snake bit on that, so I shouldn't do it anyway. If I were to back it, it would probably be a failed project, in other words. So they they've gone great guns though. They had a ten thousand dollar goal. They are sitting currently at eighty thousand four hundred and thirty six dollars. So they they don't need my money. But uh good good luck to them. That was definitely mentionable, but uh I didn't end up backing it. Yeah, while we're in coffee, I also found the puck puck it's a little cold brew coffee maker oh, yeah. for the AeroPress. We're, I mean, we're just still circling around the AeroPress here. Yeah, and our I think official sponsor. <laughs> our official, unofficial sponsor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Puck Puck is a, an adapter that fits onto your AeroPress and allows you to convert your AeroPress into a cold brew dripper tower, essentially. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. If you're someone that is into cold press, then this would allow you to pretty easily have an adapter for your air press. So you, when you're traveling, air press is a great travel companion. Yes. I don't know if you've ever taken your air press to a hotel, but you can. I haven't. Yeah. So yeah, do try that sometime. Mm. But then what will you do for coffee at work, Chris? 
just oh, cry. I guess and I'll have to have a Keurig. Bring another AeroPress. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that to you, friend. <laughs> well, thanks, Brian. Yeah. I'd have to use the rot gut. I'd have to go back to the <laughs> to the K cup and And then where would we be? <laughs> where where would I be? But yeah, the puck puck looked pretty interesting. I thought that was cool. But I'm yeah. like you've mentioned, I think previously to me, that you're not a really into the cold brew scene and I'm not either. No. I've had some great cold brew cups of coffee. I kind of get the lower acidity that you can oftentimes get out of a cold brew, but I haven't done that before. So ultimately I decided not to uh, try and back something that I really don't know much about here, but I thought it was thought it was pretty clever. Why don't you do one more? Okay. How about let's do the row of camera slider? So yeah, yeah this yes. this is pretty cool. Yeah. I actually really love this. At least the part of me that fancies that I too could be a great YouTube <laughs> star <laughs> star. Uh-huh. Um, you can be, Chris. Oh you know, sure. Scott's got, got the uh, face for radio, but. <laughs> the, 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 the pledge amounts for for these were like $300-ish, or $229 Ooh. for the entry-level Rove, and then $300 for yeah. the Rove Pro. And what this is, is it's a mo- motorized camera rails system. So For doing tracking shots. Exactly. So... When you're watching video and you see all those beautifully slow push-ins or pans, then what this allows you to do is with your smartphone or a DSLR is to approximate what those moves look, those camera moves look like. So it is a little motorized camera slider. It's got two rails, and on those rails you can put your your phone, and then I guess you can set it up at a timing interval. I don't know if it automatically tracks or if you just like give mm-hmm. it a schedule, but it makes these just beautiful cinematic video moves. And I thought that was just really, really clever. And even watching the product video, <laughs> I was looking through there and they had this skateboarder setting up and having him film his shot. And I was like, Oh man, that's Sean Duras. And sure enough, that was actually Sean Durris with the cameo in the Rove Camera Slider video spot. So I thought that was pretty great. Oh. So. They got you. The marketing got you. They did. (laughs) It's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, if if you enjoy making little film projects, then this would definitely be something that you'd probably be interested in. It's really, really cool. So my next one. Gosh, we have so many. I know. It's crazy. Rattling them off. My next one, I thought it was a very, very cute idea. This is the Love Box, a modern-day love note messenger. And what it is, it, it I think this is the cutest idea. I showed my daughter, and she loved it. So picture a square box, roughly 5 by 5 by 5, uh, a cube. And on the front of that box is a heart. And the, the they have three different styles, but the primary style is a pixel heart. And there's an app involved. So me as the purchaser of the love box sets up this box at the house and remotely from my app, I can open it and send a message to the love box. When that message reaches the love box, the heart spins around every once in a while. It goes, bring, bring, <laughs> bring, bring, like just to get your attention. Oh, there's a, there's a message at the love box. And you open the top of the love box and there's a little screen up in the love box top that shows your message. And it can be any kind of cutesy message. You know, I love you. You're the sweetest thing. 
And then the person who receives it can spin the heart on the front in order to send like a little flurry of hearts to the app to show them that you've gotten the message at the love box. And it's just cute and sweet. I, uh, I almost, I almost backed it. I really did because I just think it's, it's really adorable. And I could see, you know, my girls like me on my way home, I could send a little cutesy love message to the girls and, and they would know I'm on my way home in a cute way instead of just a text message saying I'm on my way. Yeah, that's cool. And they've made a killing. Their original goal was $59,000. They have made $246,000, quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, I think this is another one that just didn't hit my radar because I'm looking now and it says pledge Paris, France. Right. So... With my uh, pretty restrictive search criteria, this one, mm-hmm. I didn't get to see it. See what you missed out yeah, on, Chris? it looks really clever. It is. What's your next one? I also found the Fresh Mojix Donut and Bagel. <laughs> and I've, I've seen this one a number of times, and it took me like four times before I actually read the description. I didn't know what the heck it was. I thought it was a like a hemorrhoid pillow or something. <laughs> That's about what it looks like. Yeah, so this is a hemorrhoid pillow-shaped... <laughs> power adapter oh yeah it's basically yeah. like um an extension just what i've yeah. always wanted and i can't even think of how many has was it four five six five five ac sockets in a ring so i thought this would this was downright cool because okay i used to do a lot of freelancing and used to work with other freelancers or with other teams in Mm-hmm. locations like coffee shops or restaurants where we would kind of nomad and just camp out, be the, you know, those guys during the day. Sure. And we ran into this problem so many times where we'd have three to six people that were always trying to find power. Yeah. Power find holes to stick our, yeah. our power plugs into so that we could power our variety of MacBooks and other power devices and tablets, yada, yada, yada. Right. So we were always trying to find a compact power strip solution to to give ourselves more um more sockets. And a few people would come with these giant ridiculous looking power supply things and uh, it was just a real nightmare. So I just saw this to be able to toss this in your in your laptop bag or whatever and to be able to provide power to a number of people would have been really cool at the time. So this one this was my official runner-up. It's uh, it's pricey. <laughs> what, what was the word I used? No, what was the what was the? Uh, so whenever nice. I say the word pricey, you get a certain pricey based on your upbringing and stuff. You get a certain range. If I say it's pricey, right, that probably denotes an entirely other level of cost to your brain. Does it? It not? goes hand in hand with the eyebrow waggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this one is pricey. I if it, I mean, there's a difference between no a pricey taco and a pricey automobile. <laughs> pricey. There is. Yeah, yeah. It, but but in its category, this is not a super pricey thing. But as a whole, like for what I want to invest in a Kickstarter, this is pricey. I, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> it is the stick boat, the one and only personal fishing craft. And I want it really bad. <laughs> oh, 
Unfortunately, to get it in my grubbies would cost me $4,400. Now that is pricey. Pricey. Yeah. Um, So this thing is a, they, they call it part kayak, part personal watercraft, and part fishing boat. It's it looks like the kayak that I used to have. It's a similar form factor and the shape is very similar to the bottom. So it can go in very shallow water. They claim it can go in like as, as shallow as three or four inches of water and it will plane in four to six inches of water. But it's also got a 17 and a half horsepower jet propulsion engine, like a like a jet ski yeah, that will C-do. push it up to like 27 miles an hour. And so I, and it's, and it's got a joystick. It's controlled with a joystick for crying <laughs> out loud. Oh my gosh. Yes. I really want it. And supposedly it's stable enough for two people to stand and fish on. Are you kidding? Yeah. I really want it. I really, really want it, but it's pricey. <laughs> I can't spend $4,400 on a Kickstarter. I'm sorry, but I would buy it otherwise. The early boat, early bird stick book backer pack is still available, Brian. Yeah, it is. Uh, is it? Where is it? Where is That's that? It's a forty-six hundred dollar uh, oh. or more pledge. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could do that. They say right here, it's no. a great value. It is a great value because in its category, I'm sure it is actually a value, <laughs> right? To get a twenty-seven and a half horsepower fishing uh-huh. boat, but. Price. Yeah, I'm talking about that I wouldn't spend overspend on a one gallon jug for making cold brew coffee <laughs> at sixty dollars. Uh-huh. I was like, that's pricey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, here's a five thousand dollar boat, which is a little bit pricey. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is. is. Well, I no, think we just redefined it's it. Pricey. Yeah, pricey. Am I, am I getting yeah, that right? That inflection right? Yeah, you gotta get the inflection right. <sighs> so that was my official runner. Okay, I want it now. Mm-hmm. We could go, they have a, they sell a two pack and you get a trailer so that you can carry them. <laughs> That's the problem with the, the one packs. You don't even get a trailer. <laughs> they don't tell you how you're going to get it anywhere. Uh, I think you hope for a flood, right? So you could just drive it out of your garage. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So do you have any one more before your yeah, pick? Yeah, let's do the okay. handcrafted talon knife or blade for everyday carry by the Creative Bureau. This is I admit, a I almost this one cool too. little knife. And it is. You know, I, I mean, we're in the South. I carry a little, it's just a little a bird, like tiny little knife with me mm-hmm. every day. It's a folder. And this is the Talon. It is a fixed blade and has this really unique design. Mm-hmm. It's got a little curved blade to it. Almost like a Talon. Mm-hmm. And I, I did think when I saw this, too, that it would speak to you, too, as a knife maker. Oh, it does. It would be pretty clever. The biggest thing that mm-hmm. I just kept thinking was that for what I carry in my EDC loadout, you know, I, a, a folding knife is much more suitable for how I carry yeah. rather than looking at something even as small as this is. Yeah. It still doesn't feel like something I would be able to easily carry in a pocket. And it comes with a little sheath, yep. and I'm not really a neck knife wearer, <laughs> so nor do I wish to become one. On I think you every could rock day. that. Yeah, just though. become the everyday neck knife guy. Yeah, I think you could pull yeah. it off. You've pulled off every other fashion thing. I think you could pull off a neck knife. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give it a shot. You know what my hesitation was on this one 
Well, I had two of them. Yeah, what was your reservation? You know what on? one of them is, no. I assume. Well, it's $157. Oh, the price. Yeah, I was going to get around to that. It's pricey. <laughs> yeah, that was my reservation. I mean, not necessarily pricey, but no, it's pricey. It is pricey. Yeah. Uh, and number two, I, I think I could make it. So. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'll make you one. Ooh. If you do that, maybe I'll mm-hmm. get a sheath and become neck knife guy. <laughs> now it has to happen. <laughs> I really want it to happen. I don't even know if that's legal in North Carolina. It says it's not considered a weapon because it's only three inches long. So I think we'll take All his right. word for it. Sure. Maybe. But yeah, yeah at, at sure 150, he's talking sorry, about. $157 to pledge, pledge, pledge early for uh, one of these. And I, I have no doubt that they are probably worth that. They're handcrafted. But sure. still, were it $30, $40, I might have jumped in there. Um, I just yeah. didn't need to spend that for something that I wouldn't use. But I thought it was cool. I think it's time. Okay. Are we ready for our yeah. picks? I think we're ready for our picks. Um, mine actually came as a bit of a surprise. To me, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I admit I went through 600 of these, and I had many of them on the old metaphorical shopping cart. But when I actually had to make a decision, I couldn't find one that either A, provided enough value for what they were asking for for me to pull the trigger, or B, just didn't. Uh, no, that was it. The end of the day, it was none of the ones that I saw could I pull the trigger because it wasn't worth what they were asking for for me because of what I wanted to invest mm-hmm. in it. But that said, I backed the Spinner Cube, a revolution in fidgeting. Not because I am a a fidget. What do they call them? Fi- fidget spinner. Not because I'm a fidget spinner. Uh, Fidgetista. Person, but because my daughter is. And she has seen this one in the past and thought she really wanted one. And so it was like, hey, I'm in this category. I'm going to get this for her. Uh, so it's your, it, it, it's another take on the fidget spinner. This one you can spin, but it's a cube that also has other fidgety things that you can press and do things with in order to, I guess, keep your fingers happy and keep your brain occupied or, or unoccupied while you're doing other things. So it clicks. Um, I, if it clicks too much, I'll probably break it, uh, just to tell it to shut up. But, um, <laughs> it, uh, it looks like fun. So that's what I backed. I got one and it's, it, it is admittedly for my daughter. So I almost feel like I kind of cheated a little bit because I didn't get something for me, but I don't think we had that as part of our, rule set for this enterprise anyway. So I wanted to get something that had some value to someone and none of the things that I saw couldn't find anything that had the value proposition that I wanted for me. So this was my best option. So that's what I I think that's well said. I sort of felt the same way. There were a lot of great things to look at, but at the end of the day, it was kind of tough to find that value proposition. Like you said, like there were some things Mm -hmm. I mentioned, like the Rove camera slider. I thought that was really awesome. It's just that's, not something yep. that I would get a lot of you you get the money out of the utility out of at least not no. right now not until I become the next big YouTube thing. <laughs> yes, which is any day yeah, now. as soon as I get started. Watch out, world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I ended up choosing was I wouldn't have picked the, this. 
But you can you. This did not overlap any of our. But you can see it, right? Like, yeah, you immediately oh, yeah. like. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. This you is would the firm lock. This is your new favorite fermentation airlock and weight by by fermented Whoa. health. So I thought mm-hmm. this was cool. They were out of Charleston, South Carolina. So shout out, to, shout out to my home state. Um, yeah, and this is so you. Yeah, so I do some fermentation. I make kimchi and sauerkraut most mostly and some uh-huh. pickles and that sort of thing. And they had a goal of three thousand dollars to bring the firm lock to to product, and they have met their goal and exceeded it. They're now at six thousand and change with one hundred and forty backers. And what this is, is a device, it's a, a, just a lid, really, that you can screw on to a standard wide mouth mason jar, and it provides a, a burp valve, if you will, that allows the uh, carbon dioxide that is created during fermentation process to escape without blowing your bottle, your, your jar up. So if you've ever fermented Today anything and you've just kind of stuffed your cabbage and whatnot into your jar and let it ferment in the refrigerator, then you have to be mindful to go in there every so often and, and burp it by hand. Yeah. See, I didn't know this. Or else. I didn't know the pain yeah. that you suffered as a fermenter. And a I've home seen fermenter. some other things in the market and actually I've thought about getting them. They're mostly just uh, plastic lids that you can screw on. You can even do these yourself by drilling a hole and maybe putting a rubber gasket in there and using a home brewer's fermentation airlock on top. But it creates <laughs> a lot of height on top of your jar. It makes it just kind of unwieldy to deal with. So this is really great right. that you just have one piece. It's a, like I said, it's a plastic lid that screws on to your ball jar and then has an inner ring that's made out of silicone that has a little one-way valve that lets gas escape. Pretty simple, but it looks really, really nice. And the other thing they came along with and designed for this project was a new fermentation stone. So the other thing you have to do when you're making ferments is to make sure that all of your vegetable matter is under a liquid. It's all in your brine. If you have stuff that's sticking up out of your brine, then it can be contaminated. You don't want it to spoil. So you want to keep it all in the brining solution. And typically the way you do that is to take a fermentation stone, which is really just a piece of glass or um, something that's usually non-porous, and just stick it in there and it weights down your matter, right? Yeah. Um, And the problem with most of these is you just toss that stone in there and then you have to fish it out with your fingers or a knife, and that's a mess. Mm. So they made a really simple Mm. little design where they put a little ridge on the top, a little handle, so that you can just reach in and pluck the stone out. So I love this and backed it. Excellent. So that is it. That is all for design this week. We got through it, man. It was a good category. It was really fun to look at. It was, although like you said, there are a lot of pricey ones. Like I found a couple of watches that were really beautiful. And I actually thought about it, but man, like the cheapest one I saw... Uh, over a hundred bucks, mm. which is cheap it's for a very quality cheap. watch, but I'm not in the market for a quality watch yeah. either. So, and since I wear but, an Apple Watch yeah. too, to use another mechanical watch, I go back to being two watch guy. <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> done that forbid. for a while, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's maybe that's in the past. Yeah. Maybe when I become neck knife guy, I'll become double watch guy again. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, go all in. <laughs> I want to see piercings and tattoos and everything at that point. So next category, I think we've kind of, by implicit agreement, have just said we're going to go down the order. And next fortnight, we will be backing something and in why fashion. why stop it now? Fashion doesn't scare me. I know I can find some. I mean, I got underwear for crying out loud one time. I bet I can I'm find some s- underwear. Although, I will say, first page, I just pulled it up. First page, first six campaigns that show up sorted by magic, there's an enamel pin. No. In the first page. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say they were all underwear. In fashion. No. Uh, I can oh, see gosh. enamel pins so, are fashionable. Yeah. I just, the first page. And it's funded. Of course it is. God. They're cheap. We're in the wrong line of work. We should just make enamel pins. Call it a day. No, I see it now. The Wonder, the Wonder yeah. Woman pin. See? Maybe our job is done. <laughs> just back that and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the next series will just back pins. Season two, the enamel <laughs> pin season for every category. I'm, Are I'm you starting in? to feel this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to. I want to have a lanyard pull by the time we're done. I love that idea. So, are we ready to yeah, take man, this home? Yeah, man. Let's um, sign off for the week. It's been a good one. Cool. Yeah, that's all of our time for today. Thank you so much for listening, and join us next time when we'll be exploring and backing one campaign from Kickstarter's fashion category. Backers was produced by Brian Dupuis and Chris Rump. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at Backers Podcast. Join us again next time, and until then, back responsibly.